Hello, friends. This is Dave Pasqualone with the Remarkable People Podcast, Season 2, Episode 35, The Bill Kersija Story. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. The Remarkable People Podcast. Listen. Do. Repeat. For life. Hello, friend. We have a great episode today. I am super excited for Bill Kersija. You're going to enjoy this episode, learn a ton, confidence, communication, leadership, sales, and more. Before we get started, I need your help. Apple is giving us a hard time. Every week, I'm so thankful I get emails and texts and messages from people all around the world. But our ratings and review have been stuck at 26 since we started the podcast. And whenever I communicate to Apple, they're like, yeah, we know it's an issue. Have a great day. So listen, if you can do me a favor, if you love this podcast, go into Apple, go into all the the directories, but especially Apple right now, if you can, give us a five-star review. You literally just click the button. That's all you got to do. And then shoot me a text or email if you can and let me know you did it so I can prove to Apple that, hey, you know it's a known issue, but it's been six months and we're stuck at 26. Also, for anybody who leaves a review on any media, shoot me a text, shoot me an email, even go to our website, davidpasqualone.com and leave us a little voice note with your name and address and I will send you free stickers. We got these awesome new Remarkable People podcast, hashtag live remarkable. They're two and a half by two and a half inches. Beautiful. Danny Covey out of Canada designed them for us. They are full of vinyl, so they're waterproof, weatherproof. I got one on my car, our truck. We got some stuck around town. So let's stick together. Rate and review our podcast. Help us beat the mega apple. And then I'll send you a sticker, right? Great. Also, at the end of this episode... Stick around, pun intended. We have intern Casey again, who spent seven hours plus helping us edit this episode. So if you hear a great quality episode, that's all our friend Casey. So Casey, thank you so much. And he's going to have a takeaway from what he learned during this time and during this recording. So check that out. Next, I want to thank Gabriel Benavides. And if I said your name wrong, please forgive me. But he went on YouTube and left us a review. And he said, I'm so glad I found your podcast. I have a younger brother who's been trying to quit alcohol. He started at the age of 15, had five seizures. And my world feels like it's tearing seeing him that way. I wish more people were aware of the damage it does to your brain. It's so hard and rehab is so expensive but I tell myself he's a walk a miracle of God. And every day I see that there's hope. Thank you for what you're doing. Gabriel, man, it breaks my heart for your situation, but I'm so thankful you have a positive attitude. I'm also thankful this podcast is helping you. That's what it's here, just to help one another grow, to help us to see what's going on in each other's lives, to have the practical steps of how we watch someone else get out of that situation, be successful and how we can too. So thank you so much, Gabriel, for sharing your openness and your story. And we hope you and your brother have a beautiful, successful life. 
with peace and joy. Last but not least, before we get into Bill's episode, this week we are sponsored by my own company, davidpasquillon.com with podcasting made easy. We have a eight-week how-to podcast class, so don't just enjoy listening to this podcast, learn to podcast. Go to our website, davidpasquillon.com, go to the courses tab, look at the podcasting made easy. It's only $395 for the class and lifetime access normally, but because you're a Remarkable People podcast friend, you get it for $8, $8, that's $1 a week, and the only reason I'm charging you anything is just so there's skin in the game, but because you're part of the first eight-week inaugural class, you have lifetime library access to all the updated lessons, all the tools, all the different tricks, all the resources for $8 one time, and then on top of it, if you're getting stuck on your journey, you can call me up for coaching. 50% off. So you go to davidpasquillon.com, go to the store, go to Podcasting Made Easy, and use promo code RPP123. That's it. RPP123 is your promo code. You get this class for $8 in lifetime membership. Next, BTK Innovations. They make the nation's fastest growing and most reliable body temperature kiosk. It's awesome. One second scans an individual for body temperature, facial recognition, can check people in for attendance, open electromagnetic locks, and does a thousand other things. These are amazing. But with stuff going around like the flu and COVID and all sorts of just weirdo things happening in our world, pandemics, right? BTK Innovations has body temperature kiosks It's bodytemperaturekiosk.com is their website, but they have body temperature scanners that look at someone one second, tell you if they have a fever or not, and then they give an audible and visual signal if it's safe for them to proceed. That is what bodytemperaturekiosk.com is all about. So go there, check it out. Use promo code BTKCARESDP, BTKCARESDP, your promo code. And not only do you get these awesome units at a remarkable value, but you get 200 bucks off a unit. Great stuff. So at this time, let's enjoy the wisdom and the fun that Bill shared with us this week. Also, don't forget, at the end of the episode, intern Casey's going to spend some time with us. Just give us a quick, hey, this was something I really felt moved by in the, in the uh, podcast, or I really learned from, or it really stuck out to me. So check out Casey's summary at the end and enjoy the episode. Bill, thanks for being here today, brother. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. For the listeners, Bill and I just recently met. We were connected through a great organization out of New England called Interview Connections. And Bill and I have tried like three times to make this happen. So this is going to be a great episode because circumstances keep trying to stop us. So you're in for a special treat. Bill is the owner and founder of a professional success South, and it's a sales and training business and consulting firm. After spending eight years in the army, Bill learned discipline. He learned the importance of process and clear and effective communication, and he's transitioned that knowledge and those skills into the real world and into the retail sales specifically. 
So Bill follows his passion now in training and coaching with a basic communication as a center of everything he does and how paying attention to details builds a strong foundation. So at this time, I don't want to keep talking. We got a special <laughs> guest here in Bill. He's my kind of guy. We, like I said, we've talked a few times privately and he's a great dude. And his expertise is definitely clear in what he does. But before we get to that, Bill, let's hear your story, man. How this show normally works is we go through the past, you tell your story, we transition to the present, where you are today, and then where you're going. So in the first half, you kind of help us grow, give us some practical steps of things you've faced and how you overcame them so we can grow. And then in the end, let's talk about where you're at, where you're going, so we as the listeners can help you. No, I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, when I talk about communication and everything else, I I kind of have to go back to the beginning because the, the reason why I've learned and, and constantly am striving to improve and become better at understanding it and how to how to practice better communication, I, I, I reflect back on my beginning years, right? So I was, I was, a, you know, a normal student going through the system, middle school, high school, so on and so forth. But I was very shy, right? So I liked, I liked getting through today. I enjoyed my friends and the atmosphere and everything. But anything extra, as far as inserting myself into conversations or raising my hand in class or things like that, was a challenge for me because I didn't want to mess up, right? I didn't want anyone to laugh at me. I didn't want to be made fun of, right? That was the fear. And then you know, transitioning out of the the school and into I, I went to college. And college just wasn't right at that point in my life. You know, it was to me an extension of high school and I wanted to get away from that environment altogether. And I joined the military, you know, so went into the military and I was forced to communicate, right? So you're, you're broken down in such a way that, you know, all your fears are kind of like broken away. You're, you're forced to face them. It's like being scared of the dark and they put you in a closet, right? And you learn <laughs> how to deal with it. So, and they you know, throw gas in there too, just for fun. Yes, absolutely. With a tree right outside the door. So, you know, it, it, it really taught me a lot about communication. And there's a term that's used in the civilian world that carries a little bit of a negative connotation, but I look at it as a positive and that's micromanage. Okay. When people hear micromanage, they think, oh man, my, my boss is micromanaging me. Well, you know, I looking back on my military career and how it, it gave me the discipline and the attention to detail that I needed to create process and then to follow that process, I'm very thankful for that micromanaging. We knew when we were eating, when we were sleeping, exercising. We knew every single step of every single day beforehand. Now, it sounds a little bit like repeat, 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 right? But but when you sit there and you formulate that plan and that process and then you stick to it, you have a result. And that's really what the military taught me. But going through it, of course, I didn't realize it at that point. You know, just like I didn't realize I was extremely shy and the reason why I was shy. You know, it's later on in life. I transitioned from the military into the civilian world. And a big reason why, you know, my wife and I, we decided to do that was we were starting our family. You know, we had our daughter and I love the military, but unfortunately they just don't, you know, provide enough 
to give a life to your children, right? That my daughter now is, in, in fact, that today as we speak, she's moving out into a house with her girlfriends and her her classmates because she's going into her junior year of college. And wow, you know, when she, big step, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So when she was just an infant, you know, we sat with the life insurance guy, and he said, okay, if you want to put her through college. You know, it's going to cost this in 18 years. And, you know, as a sergeant in the United States military, my jaw hit the floor, <laughs> you know, and how was I going to do that? So that's why we made the decision to get out of the military and go into the civilian world. Now, that was a, an eye opener, right? Because I went from a very disciplined, organized, clear communication type of environment to automotive sales. <laughs> Which is the polar opposite, right? Yes. Of any type of clarity. <laughs> and be, two things before we go on. Number one, yeah, was your wife in the military also, or were you in the military and she was your spouse? Yeah, she was in the military as well. We we actually met in Hinesville, Georgia. We were both stationed at Fort Stewart, Georgia. And yeah, that's where we met. She was she worked in the finance department, so she took care of all the soldiers, different pay and and benefits and things like that. And I was a mechanic and ran a motor pool. So it was a uh, really interesting, you know, finding someone like-minded, you know, same ambition, same type of goals, and it's worked. Uh, we're coming up on our 20th year right now. Yeah, and I'll tell you, learning how to communicate is really was a driving factor in the success of our relationship and the success that we look forward to it growing even more, right? You know, so it, it is scary that my daughter's moving out and you know, you don't want your little girl to move out, but it's also exciting because we're looking forward to our next chapter. Now, we still have two more children, two more boys under her, but it's only a handful of years till when they're out as well. And, you know, so there's a lot of talk and about what is the future hold. So it's nice to have it's nice to have those conversations with someone that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And to those of you without a military life, to have one spouse in the military is very difficult for a success rate. But to have two spouses in the military, when they're telling you what to do and where to go, it's a great thing to be in the military, but it's a huge sacrifice for the family. So to keep your family together, that's probably a big reason why you're still together 20 years later. Yes. And in fact, she still works um, for the government. So nice. I, I went into the, the, the private sector and you know now my own company, and she went the route of sticking with the government and, you know, working with any which way she can support, you know, military, military families, any type of support. She's always in for it. That's awesome, man. So you went from this structured, regimented, like, you know, Aristotle says, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellent is not an act, but a habit. Yeah. And then you go into the auto industry, which is <laughs> like the Wild West, right? Describe that to the listeners. Yes, it was it was really an eye opener to the to the fact that, you know, in the military, if you're on time, you're late. OK, in the car business, if you're on time, you're an hour early. <laughs> so, yeah. you it's know, like having it, a friend from Spain. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, it, people show up at, you know, say they're supposed to start at nine o'clock. They show up at nine fifteen. And the first thing they do is order breakfast. You know, it's like, aren't you supposed to eat before you come to work? So it was it was interesting. But also, I had a unique advantage. Right. And looking back, I see that at the point of, of the transition, it was weird for me. 
and I didn't realize that I, I had this advantage. And, but now, I mean, I transitioned, I went right into car sales. I was extremely successful to where I, I was a, a, a finance manager within a year and a half, then a sales manager, and then eventually ran my own stores, you know, just in under two to three years. And that's pretty wow. much unheard of, you know, because it's, you know, the car business tends to be a good old boys type of environment too, especially at that point when I went in. And it was just basically rooted in the fact that I was disciplined, that I, I formulated a plan, I put that plan into action, and I stuck with it. Now, that sounds great, and it sounds like I did it all the time, right? No, I didn't. <laughs> I had success, and I had failure. And it was those failures that's really helped me understand that I needed to, you know, learn how to, you know, follow that. Right. So journaling became part of it. If if you're not good at writing it down, I, I've used video journaling, you know, especially now we have these pocket video cameras that, you know, when I leave a client or a meeting or any type of environment that I, I, I found value and I want to make sure I understand all, all of it, I basically interview myself. Right. I make a video, a video journal, and then I go back later on and I I you know, follow that and I take notes from that. And it's really helped me formulate those processes and, and then manage them and learn what's working and what's not working. That's fantastic. And that's great advice. Whether you take notes in your phone through text or whether it's through the video or audio, that's smart, smart life management. Before we go further in your story though, Bill, describe the decision-making process you had because you came to a major fork in your road. I mean, leaving the government and the security and the stability to go, what what kind of, like, did you go through a pros and cons approach? What kind of decision-making criteria did you use to make that kind of life decision? Well, I would love to take all the credit, but a big part of it was my wife. Okay. So prior to her going into the military, when she was high school and her early college years, she worked at a dealership. She worked in the office. She worked as a an assistant receptionist type of of person around the dealership and she's seen you know the environment and then she knew me and at this point in my life unlike my high school years where I was very shy and, and reserved I had come out of my shell I was an NCO I was in charge of soldiers I wasn't shy anymore <laughs> you know if I believed in something I I went with it so she said I really think you would be good in this industry what do you think about it? So, you know, I was looking at construction. I was looking, I was a mechanic in the military. So an easy transition would have been go and be a mechanic in the, the civilian world. In fact, I actually did interview for being, doing the exact same job on a civilian side, on a military establishment that I did as a soldier. And the pay is pretty much double. And yeah, I have some friends who did that airplane yeah. mechanics. Yeah, it's a perfect example of, you know, you're working on a plane as a as an enlisted and you're making, you know, maybe 20 grand a year and then you go out and you get the same exact job and you're making 40 to 60, you know, at the start. <laughs> you just change your uniform, make double the money. Right. It's just crazy. Like we need to, you know, do better for our soldiers. Right. But. You know, she was a, a big influence in making that decision and really giving me the opportunity to test it, right? Because 
you're right. We had stability. We knew when I was getting paid, how much I was getting paid to the penny, and we lived within that. Now, going into any type of commission, 100% commission, you know, you don't know those things. You don't, you, am I making anything at all? And it was scary, but like I said, I followed a process which gave me the ability to semi-predict what was coming, right? And again, it's a lot more hindsight because the process took time. You know, there were, there were months where, you know, how much are you making? Oh, I have no clue. I have no idea. Well, how, how do we survive that way, right? So there was a lot of challenges where, you know, I was on the edge of maybe getting out of it and just going and doing something else. But, you know, it's not my personality, right? I'm not, it's very difficult to, to ever think of punching a clock and, you know, starting at this time, finishing at that time. Even though the military was that, that was also my past, right? And I've evolved from that. But, you know, my wife does it and she loves it. But I also, and she'll admit it now that, you know, she doesn't punch, even though she's supposed to be a time clocked and she submits a time clock, she works past it. You know, especially now with working from home and remote type of situations, you know, she'll be sitting right next to me on the couch with her laptop doing work at eight o'clock at night, you know, and it's just a work ethic thing. It's more than, you know, having to do the work. It's wanting and having that passion for it. And she knew that I wouldn't be happy working a, a, a structured type of nine to five hourly type of job. And she wanted me to go after what I wanted to go after. But it, it, it wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah. And for our frame of reference, we're blessed with listeners from over 58 countries and all different backgrounds. We're talking in the confine of America and going into the military or stable biweekly income, you know, checks auto deposited, you go into the car industry. And if you're not familiar with it, it's feast or famine, like you sell or you don't sell it's straight commission. So you could have a really great month or you could be eating like ramen soup and beans. I mean, is that accurate? That's a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. So if you don't know the framework, and with that, let me ask you a question. Your personality, your wives, or both, who struggled with that more? Because I remember being in college and married full-time, working full-time, having a side business, and I took a job that was less hourly but more commission, and it stressed my wife out like yeah. crazy. But after two months, she saw the amount of income we were making. She's like, I'm good. Just don't even talk to me about it anymore. So <laughs> when you were going through that, was it you or your wife, the straight commission, did it affect you both the same or a little different? Uh, it, it affected her much more than it ever affected me. You know, I, I have this outlook of pretty much anything I go into or anything I face. Do I get down? Do I feel sad? Do I deal with depression and things like that? Absolutely. But I, I tend to always look at the bright side of things, right? Look at the positives. And, you know, when I was younger, I was always told you're a dreamer, you're a dreamer. Well, you know what? I am a dreamer and I'm not going to just dream. I'm going to go after it. So yes, we, you know, especially around like the eight to 10 year mark, you know, we were a couple of years out of the military at this point. We started having more children. So our boys were coming around and, you know, and it, it did become very stressful. 2008, 
and 2009 was a very difficult time in retail anything because that's when you know our our whole economy hit that that really lull and you know people don't want to say it's depression or you know anything like that but you know it was a struggle the housing market went from way up here to way down there yeah everybody was reversed and not everybody but most people like reversing their mortgages and losing their homes it was it was ugly time yeah so it was a struggle right then and we we were really close to getting out of the car business the the commission business at that point in time but we also were at a point where we knew the income that was that was there right and we were living a lifestyle based on that income so it was like okay do we do we just cut everything get out and try to just figure it out and i didn't want to do that and i had to convince her to just you know hold your breath and we'll get through this right <laughs> and thankfully she she gave me that chance and that's when I started to look more in the lines of owning a business. You know, it was around 2012, started a small business. It did moderately well, but then, you know, it just kind of fizzled out, right? And it was more based upon, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, there, there, there's a lot of information out there, but if you don't know where to look for the information, it's like it's not there at all, right? And yep. I didn't know how to start a business. I just, I'm going to start a business, right? So I, I did that a couple times before I landed on the, the business that I have now and the success that I have now. And it's based on those failures that, that led to the success. So yeah, it was definitely a struggle on both sides and her stress level because of the way she looks at things. She likes that security. She likes to plan it out, budget it out. And I wasn't able to supply that all the time consistently but like you said in the long run if you take a 12 month period compared to a 30 day period the picture looks much different yeah so if you're listening right now and you're thinking about going to straight commission sales nothing wrong with it just make sure you and your partner are both equally yoked on that mindset because it can you know they do the test whether it's christian or non-christian whether it's you know liberal or conservative if you do men and women, we're consistently the same. Men, right. food, clothes, shelter. We're pretty easy. Sex, we're, we're happy, right? right? Women want that security to be understood, to make a house a home. Whole different set for most, not all, but the standard consistent, how God made us. So when you take consistency and security away from our spouse, it causes problems and it causes stress and it can cause all sorts of things. So before going into straight commission, consider the big picture. And if you're good, it's great life. I love it. Bill, you love yeah, it, right? Yeah, I love it. The freedom, everything about it, yes. Yeah, it's just it's just knowing that, hey, if the economy goes down, your income goes down. If the economy goes up, Merry Christmas, right? Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> so you've mentioned this twice, and it's such a truth. You said you learned, like, you know, you failed, use the term, but you really learned. Talk about that. Talk about how some of your greatest successes are through failure. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's scared to fail, right? I, I, I mentioned it my high school years. I was scared to raise my hand because if I had the wrong answer. So it's, it's kind of rooted in us, right? And a lot of it has to do with how we were raised. I mean, and at no fault to our parents and most of us as parents have done it too. You know, we don't want when our child is learning how to walk, we don't want them to fall when in fact we need them to fall. And we need them to understand it's good to fall. 
right? And, you know, so it starts getting, that seed gets planted then, and it takes a long time for some people, and myself included, to understand that, you know, failure is a part of it. Embrace it, right? Now, in, in commission and sales, you know, it's a numbers game, okay? 20% of the time, as a car salesman, you're going to get a yes. That means 80% of the time, you're going to get a no, so you're going to get a no so many more times than the yes. And you have to learn to love it and embrace it. And if you can embrace the no, the yes becomes so much better, right? And yep. that's what led me into my business and understanding that it failed. And I just wanted it, right? I wanted it so bad. I wanted to be where I'm at now. And there's more wants that I, I, I'm striving for as well. But it was... I would, wouldn't let myself not keep trying. And that's really what it, what it was based on. But it was also, I made notes. I journaled. I didn't journal when I was younger. I did at this point. You know, I took notes and I said, okay, this, this is what failed. And the thing that I learned was, you know, if you're a great baker, right, you can bake the best cake in the world. That doesn't mean you can run a bakery. Yep. They're two different things, right? And some so, of the best are not the best at the other. Absolutely. And understanding that, that's the struggle I feel with most people that are starting their business, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, all of the above. They they get caught up in, I, I mean, I, I, was my ta I was the tax guy. I was, you know, the marketing, the everything along the, and I was like, what am I doing? Right? So building relationships and forming people and making those connections that they specialize in X, Y, and Z, and I specialize in what I know how to do, you know, has led to the formula of success, right? And that's really based upon those failures, like you were mentioning. Now, when you define a failure, like what's a, f a failure in your mind that you endured, and then how did you get over it? How did you move past it? So... You know, we talk about goals and we talk about short and long-term goals and projections, right? And, you know, if you're starting a business or here, I, I, I train, I'll use sports. I, I've recently in the past two years taken up triathlete, right? I wanted to be a triathlon. and Oh man, that's you know, real stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've always, I, I like the running and I was always cycling, but you know, I, I grew up in Philadelphia and I learned how to, how to swim they call it at the YMCA. You know, where everybody's standing because it's so hot, but there's no swimming going on. Right. It, it, I describe it as I learned how not to drown, right? Yep. I didn't know how to get from one side of the pool to the other, but I knew I wanted to do it. And, you know, so I went and I, I, I met a coach and we worked something out. And, you know, he's been my coach now for two years almost, you know, and he, t he has taught me how to get from one end to the other and and beyond right and you know in my mind i thought i could just jump in the pool and swim to the other end and that first day and he videoed it i made it halfway and i failed i stopped i could not go any further you know now i could have at that point in time just gave up right and said you know what this really isn't for me i i, I just can't do it i mean at that point i was 44 i was about to be 45 I'm like, what am I doing? Right. Go do something else. <laughs> but it was, it was like, I set that 
in my mind and my what I wanted to achieve, right? And I knew that if I wanted to, if I wanted it, then I needed to put the effort. I needed to put the work in. And that's what really, now I can swim. Now I ocean water swim and open water swim and everything else. So That's crazy, man. I give you huge props. <laughs> I'm a short Italian. I sink like a rock. So <laughs> I can cheer you on, but there's no way I'm getting in that ocean. Yeah, right. <laughs> so now have you completed a triathlon or are you still training to do one? Last, last season, I, I competed in four triathlons and I, I did complete them. Some sprint and some Olympic distances. My goal is to work my way up into a, a 70.3, which is a half Ironman, and eventually, you know, maybe get that whole Ironman. But my, my goal, I'm turning 46 this weekend, and, you know, my goal is, my, the age group is, is 45 to 49, right? My goal is to, to rank really high in my age group. So this year was going to be a big year, but obviously with everything going on, there are no races. Everything's virtual right now. It's, you know, so it's really going to be end, end up being next year, which kind of gives me an advantage, right? So I, I've been training really hard and I didn't have to go and compete. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Did everybody slack off? Did everybody d- dive in during this downtime? Like, what do you think is going to happen in the Oak? I don't know. You know, I know I did. I'm not going to lie. I mean, my wife and I, we enjoyed you know, going and getting a donut or something, you know, and just, you know, Netflix and, you know, not having to take a shower and put a suit on every single day and things like that. But, you know, after a couple of weeks or what, you're kind of like, oh, this is old. And, you know, we're back at it again. So. Yeah, it's crazy, man. (laughs) All right. So let's, let's catch back up now. You go, you leave you go into the automotive industry, you go right. from sales to finance manager to not just a, you're running your own shop. Then you decide to transition into your own world. You're running your own business. Bring us from there. Okay. So what I found working for other people was even if you're running the show, right? You're the highest manager. You still have an owner or multiple owners. You still have people that make the decisions, right? Even if they tell you, you make the decisions. And so you you always have those restraints. And those were the things that I was getting to the point where it was like, you know, this isn't really, this isn't what I want to do, right? I wanted to, I've always wanted to make a difference, right? And what, what that was, I didn't know at the time what that difference was, right? But I knew I wanted to leave an impression, help others, you know, what were my struggles coming up and how could I help others overcome those where if I had that help, I could have overcome them sooner or whatnot. Right. And, and during the course of your journey, you're just building confidence, building confidence. Yeah. You know, it just, it just keeps growing, right? The more, you know, the more you practice anything and practice is doing, right. It's the same concept. The more you're engaging in it, the the more you become good at it and the more, you become good at something, the more confidence you have, right? There's a reason why, you know, Michael Jordan was the way, because he was really good, <laughs> you know, and, but he worked really hard, right? And that's the part that people tend to, to lose track of sometimes. So, and that's what I wanted to instill. I wanted to, to build something that did that. So my first type of business was, you know, I've seen how the big dealerships and the big um, automotive places 
could had the tech the best technology right so all the all the high tech companies were knocking on their door hey we have this great product we have this bang 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 right but then i saw all the small dealerships the the family owned mom and pop type of stores they might have been just used car lots they didn't they nobody knocked on their door right nobody offered them this great technology so i had people in the industry that I could represent their technology, right? So whether it's a, a really good website, an inventory type of tool, so on and so forth. So I created this company that brought this package to them, right? So I'm helping independent dealers, you know, grow their business, feed their families, things like that. And that was my first step into uh, being my own entrepreneur and starting my own business. And it did okay, you know, but like I was saying that I was trying to wear every hat and that's where my failure came into play because you just run yourself too thin. So that yeah, one it's only failed. 24 hours we all yeah. have. Exactly. And if you try to do everything, what you're really good at tends to suffer, right? So if you're really good at teaching and training and coaching, but you're trying to do everything else, that part of it suffers as well, right? So, and that's what I, I know now. <laughs> But that's what I went through at that point in time. Awesome. So now when this is all going on, where do you go from there? Well, I took a little stint and I went back to selling cars, right? And I was like, okay, I need to take a step back. I need to put some some money in the bank and, and get a little foundation, right? So I just went back to sell cars and I did well right out the gate. I mean, I, I understood how to sell cars and it was really good to do that. Right. So I see it all the time in, in businesses and industry as people move up a corporate ladder or a business ladder, they tend not to go back to what got them there. And I think it's important that you do that. Right. I think it's important that you go walk the yard that you started at and really see what steps, what was there. How did you do it? Because I lost track of it. I lost focus as far as, you know, did I, was I journaling? Was I keeping track? Was I paying attention? Was I putting a process into place? No. So when I went back to selling cars, it was like, bam, the light bulb went off. This is what you're good at. You enjoy this. You want to help people. And that's what transitioned me into the world of coaching and training sales. Right. And I transitioned from selling cars again. And it was a three, four month period. And I went right back into you know, going into my own thing with the help of another gentleman who brought me on. He had a current company at the time and he gave me an opportunity to to work alongside of him and really get a taste for it. And it was it was pretty immediate that I knew this is where I belong. You know? Yeah, and talk about that because you and I are similar in that. Like, I love helping people. I love sales. I love training. Let's like, okay, we're doing good, but let's do great. You know, never right. satisfied with the status quo. If I wear a different tie, will people interpret me different? And, you know, will sales go up? I'm a freak like that. So I know exactly where you're coming from, but describe that thrill. Like, because I always, I can't explain it well, but when you train somebody and they get it, the light right. bulb goes off. That's just such a fulfilling moment. Is that what you love too? Because that, that's what I love. Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. That's so I transitioned and my very first client is a, a, you know, a car dealership and they have their sales team and 
you know, we're in there and I ended up with this one young guy, I'm maybe 20, 21 years old at the time. And we really clicked, right? And he listened and he applied and we, we talked about it and he tried things and, you know, and to the point of now I'm, I'm five plus years later and he moved from here in California to New York City. Actually, he moved the middle to the end of February this year. So literally when him and his fiance were halfway across the country, they were being notified that New York City was shutting down. <laughs> You know, no right there, no big yeah, deal. <laughs> right there, getting into March, right? And but now I, I I just spoke to him, and he wants he wants to talk at least once a week now. But he's running a store in New York City. He went from he was a, just a salesperson, right? At when I first met him, and now he's a general sales manager at a dealership in New York City, and you know, that's what it's about to me, right? I mean, yes, the income working for yourself just like you said it's you're either you know starving or it's christmas morning right and you know that's what commission life is about but i learned that it wasn't about that right and you know it was more about the people and the feeling and the the satisfaction and the understanding that the fulfillment right to to where i would come home and i would tell my wife you know this was such a fulfilling day and and that's grown even more and more to the point where people go, well, what do you do for a living? Well, I'll tell you who I am because that's what I do, right? I don't, I don't go and do something. I'm not a different person at home. You know, I'm the same person no matter where I'm at. And that's why I don't look at it as work. I don't look at it as a business. I look at it as my life. And this is my passion. This is what I bring. And I want to keep getting better at it. And that's where the communication part really clicked. You had just mentioned, you know, the sales thing. Is it a certain tie? Is it a certain this and a certain that? Well, that's where I really dug into how we communicate and not just, you know, communicating from a, you know, a salesperson and a, and a consumer, but how do we communicate behind the curtain of a business? How do I communicate with my wife, with my kids? And then ultimately, how do I communicate with myself internally right and it led me into understanding that you know sales business anything it's a feeling right just like you know we try we've attempted to to record this a couple times right but in the process we got to know each other and just it's a gut feeling right i i knew that you're a good guy and i i, I knew no matter what i'm going to enjoy talking to you we don't even have to record it i'm going to enjoy the conversation and because it, it's a feeling and I get that feeling because of what you give off and understanding that when you realize that it's it's powerful right and that's really like my goal my passion now is to to help people find that to understand that to learn about it because if I was taught you know pillars of communication and what communication is or is not in high school, I probably would have stayed in college or did better. I mean, not that I did bad, but maybe I can, you know, teach someone something that alters something in their life and they go a different path because they understand something where they didn't understand it before. 
Yeah, and I agree with you completely. And to the listeners out there, if you're listening being like, well, this is great for them, they're salespeople, <laughs> exactly what Bill's saying is every aspect of life. Every one of us has a passion, a purpose, and this core that lights up. And you could be into literally something that we've never heard of, but you love it. Some people like love model car racing. Some people love parasailing. Some people love, you know, it could be just antique cars. It could be selling stationary. Whatever you love, do. And then when you do what you love, it's going to shine and show. And the money always comes. The money is really what most people focus on. But when you focus on what you love, you do it so well, the money follows. So what Bill's saying is spot on. And don't think because you're not in sales, you can't listen to Bill today because he's talking about communication. Everything we do since the Garden of Eden in the Bible is communication. I mean, if you live with another human, you know how hard that is. I don't care who you are. It's, it's hard to coexist. So keep going, Bill. This is amazing. Thank you. Well, oh, no, I, 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 again, all day long. So, and you're right. So, you know, throughout all this, my journey and understanding and learning, you know, my wife and I, we did have our struggles. And through our struggles is what I learned most about myself and communication, right? So I think you had mentioned it before about we're, men are pretty simple. We want to provide, you know, food, shelter, so on and so forth. And also in the same aspect, I know in my case, I didn't want anyone to worry. I never wanted my wife to worry, right? But who is it? Who am I to say what another person can or cannot do? I can't make that decision for her. I tried. And that's what caused most of the issues, right? Was, you know, I would, you know, in my mind, not call it a lie, right? I would just not tell her something, right? Oh, you know, how how much is the check going to be? Oh, you know, I'm going to make this much. We'll make enough to pay the bills. Don't worry. Right. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then what happens, because in the mind that I had at that point in time was uh, I'll, I'll just sell more. I'll just sell more. I can get it, even though at that point in time, I wasn't on pace to get it. Right. So it caused those issues. I caused those issues because of my inability to communicate, my inability to understand the communication. So, you know, we did what I suggest most people should do, no matter what they are facing or not facing, is we went, we went to counseling, we went to therapy, right? And that's where we learned a lot about that. And I learned a lot about that with myself to the point that I went to therapy myself, right? Because I wanted to understand why I did the things I did. Nope. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. How do, how do you correct it? You have to understand it in order to correct it. Now, do do I still struggle from time? Absolutely. You know, there's always going to be steps forward, steps back. And, and But I stop myself, I reevaluate it, and I go, it's not worth it, right? Just rip the Band-Aid off. Tell her it's, it's not going to be this this month, it's going to be this, right? And give her the ability to know the whole truth, to be able to make a decision, and then we can communicate on what's the next option for both of us our family, a unit. And, you know, it's been amazing to be able to just open that up, right, for myself, which in turn, again, I can't speak for her, but I hope she sees it the same way. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get her on season three. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But, 
you know, you brought up the point about sales and communication and, you know, I believe that we're all in sales. Okay. We tend to, just like I said, micromanage has that negative connotation in a lot of aspects of the civilian world. So does the term sales. When somebody hears sales, they think of the used car salesman, you know, hey, yo, let me get you in this car, you know, think type of atmosphere. When in, in reality, sales is a positive, right? You know, why do I want to exercise? Why do you have to sell yourself on the benefits of it? Right. It's just like buying a, a new TV or a car or a house. It's there's a there's a features and benefits eating healthy. I can live longer. I can, you know, enjoy my family longer. All these different I can provide for others longer, you know, so there's your that you're selling yourself on the benefits of it. So my kids, you know, why is it my daughter? We, we went and picked up the U-Haul today and she was talking about her roommates and she was so surprised at how. They're, they don't understand, like, this is weird to them. Oh, my God, I mean, we're going to have to do our own laundry and stuff. Where, you know, my wife was very strict with our children of doing chores. You're in high school, you learn how to clean your clothes. They have chores, they get chore lists, so on and so forth. And, you know, she actually said to me she feels so much more prepared for this than her roommates because of the stuff we put her through. You know, but we had to sell them on the idea of, hey, you need to do these things because there has to be a, a benefit. Right. So to think that, you know, sales isn't a part of our lives, it is to the point that I also teach high school and middle school how to build confidence in communication. Because eventually they have to interview for a job, interview for college, whatever they're going to do in life. They have to explain it to people and how you do that if you don't know how to, right? Yeah, and talk about that. How do people build confidence? Because confidence, some people come from backgrounds and homes that are super negative, abusive, I mean, really dysfunctional. Some people come from loving homes and anybody can come from any background and be opposite. I mean, it's sometimes it's just how we're wired but a lot of it's how we're, what we learn. It's learned behavior. So talk about somebody, it doesn't matter where we've been, it matters where we're at and where we're going. How does somebody learn how to build their confidence, Bill? So it, it, it's confidence comes in knowledge, okay? And I, I revert back to, if you go back to any level of education, elementary, middle, high school, there, there isn't a class that teaches you what communication is, right? Teaches you, Many people will hear this right now and be surprised, and they'll probably Google it, but how much of communication is nonverbal, right? Yep. Some people, and I ask that question, they go, to, oh, 60%, 70%. Well, it's 93% is nonverbal. So 55% is your body language, 38% is your inflection, your tone, how you use the words, how you pronounce them. And then the words are just make up about seven to eight percent of your of our communication, right? So, yeah. and what you're saying before you go on, this is a pet <laughs> peeve of mine. I go crazy about this because we teach kids how to do everything that doesn't matter. They go to school for ten hours a day sometimes and waste their entire life from kindergarten till they're eighteen. We don't teach them how to communicate. We don't teach them how to budget. We don't teach them life skills. Right. But we teach them all this froofy crap that means nothing. 
Right. And it, I'm like, I'm right on board with you. So I'm going to mute my <laughs> mic, but go get them, man. Because communication is what we all need. And I even think like you may love them or hate them. We can disagree. But I think Ronald Reagan was one of the greatest commu- uh, presidents of all time. He right. took our country from the brink of disaster into the most prosperous nation the world's ever known. And he was called the great communicator. He did it through communication. So if you're listening, I don't care where you are, liberal, Republican, Democrat, conservative, just listen to what Bill's saying and apply it because it doesn't count unless you do it. You're absolutely right. You, You know, we can talk about knowledge and everything else all day long, but if you don't apply, if you don't stick with it and and stay disciplined within it, then it's never going to come to fruition. But, you know, I again, I, I agree with you in all those subjects, math, English, science. How do we get our students to do better in those? Well, they need to communicate. How many students go to class and they have no clue what the teacher is saying, but they're scared to ask questions because they've never been taught how to ask questions, how to raise their hand, how to communicate, how to speak up. And and the other you know, kids might make fun of them and there are all sorts of insecurities. That's the whole thing, right? It, I start off every one of my classes with asking students, what is it they want to gain? What is their challenge? What do they want to overcome? And it's it's 90% of the time, I, I just want to interact with my friends more, in class more. And what I do is I start them off, just like I just explained about the body language. They didn't know body language. So how do you build confidence? How do you build those skills? Is you start with yourself, right? It's easy to say, oh, go raise your hand in class and you'll find out, right? They're not going to do that. They have to build to that point. And how do you build to that point is pay attention to your body language, okay? Are you sitting up tall? Are you are you exhuming? Are you showing confidence? And what does that mean, okay? So I talk about, do you ever see someone walk into a room or walking down the street and you're like, wow, that's, that kid's cool or that person's cool. I want to be like them. Because they're walking, their shoulders are back, their heads up, they're looking around, they're communicating, right? And you can be that. Sit up, walk tall, eye contact. Those are the things you can control without ever having to open your mouth. And once you master those, that's going to give you just enough confidence to speak up. And when they finally speak up and another kid in class goes, man, I'm so glad you asked that question because I was thinking it, but I was scared to ask it. And as soon as one student hears another student, their peer, say that to them, they're like, wow, I just helped them. And they want to do it more, right? Because how do we build confidence? It's like shooting a basketball. You're you're not going to pick it up and put it in the hoop right away, right? You have to practice at it. You have to keep going at it. You're going to miss shots, and then you're going to make shots. And that's the same concept with communication, right? Keep trying it. Keep practicing it. Understand it gain the knowledge, understand that there's pillars of communication and how to apply those things. So it's real important. So what would be some practical steps, like an exercise maybe that people can do to grow in confidence right now? Being aware that, like I was saying, that the body language is a, is a big part of it. We talked a little bit earlier about feeling safe and secure with someone, right? When you feel safe with someone, that's important. Standing with your arms crossed, Right. We understand that's a closed posture and people aren't going to walk up to you. Italian, my my mother's maiden name's Di Tommaso. So, as you know, (laughs) we're we're on video right now. So you can see I I use my hands a lot. Right. And and that's okay. People 
enjoy that type of physical type of body movements, it helps them feel comfortable with someone. You know, don't be a robot. So really start with the practicality of paying attention to your body, paying attention to where you're you're looking, where you're not looking. Are you fidgeting? Are you not fidgeting? Do you listen to people and really let them speak and understand what they're saying? So those are the exercises that builds up to that, right? Now, in a business aspect, in a, a real world company environment, I do exercises where, you know, you work with your peers, okay? So if, if I can sit here and earn your business and I see you every day and we have coffee together and everything else, then it's much easier for me to do that with a stranger, right? Because it's harder to sell someone that you see all the time than it is to, to sell and communicate with someone that you, you never see, right? So those are little practical things. If it's just a home environment, you know, write down things that, you know, you, you notice about yourself. Always start with yourself because if I'm open, if I recognize that I'm not making eye contact with you, so and I start making eye contact with you, what is that going to do for you? You're going to start making eye contact with me. It's just natural. So if you want to become better at communicating and you want people around you to become better at communicating, practice it, implement it. And your, your example will create the return. And then you have that two-way type of solid communication. Yeah. And if you're listening right now, what Bill just hit on, he said your everyday interactions at work or at home, you don't need to be a professional salesperson. And sales doesn't mean to manipulate and get what you want. It means to pitch your ideas sometimes. Sometimes it means to serve. Sometimes it means to solve. There's all different definitions that sales takes, but you need to be able to communicate your thoughts in a way that people will accept. So that's the beauty of what Bill does. And we'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want more information, you connect with Bill and learn and develop this. But Bill, what are some ways that and why would somebody want to learn to sell? Because like to me, I'm thinking if you work in an office and you get a dead end job, so to speak, you know, quote unquote, I, I don't want to be out of 500 people. I want to be the one person for the promotion. So what Bill's teaching poises you for that. When you start learning to communicate and observe and to be able to key into those nonverbal cues and keys that people are dropping, man, that's powerful. And I remember, you know, I love selling and I love watching people's faces and expressions. And some of you think, oh, that's just retarded. It's just stupid. But really it is the inflection of the voice, how they lean, the facial, like just twitch they make that's so subtle, but it's there. All of those things make a difference on how you're going to respond next. So Bill, talk about to the everyday person, why should they learn to sell? Well, it's, it's, it comes down to, like you said, in that, in that job environment, that office environment that, you know, maybe you're not looking to, you're not selling a product or, or a service like that, but you want to get that management position or you want to, you know, do other things within the company. Well, how do you stand out, right? You stand out through example, you know, how do you sell that? You sell it by how you carry yourself, how you present yourself, how you interact with others. Do others, you know, gravitate towards you? You know, everything we do is by feeling. 
Okay. I talk about your gut feeling, you know, everybody uses, oh, my gut feeling says this, or my gut feeling says that. Well, we really do have a gut feeling. There is truth in that. It is your internal communication telling you, you know, fight or flight type of scenarios. You walk in a room or walk into a business or an office building and it's like, wow, this is just, and everybody's at their desk, their heads down, they're working. It's a cold environment. It's like, I can't wait till five o'clock to get out of here. Well, why is that? Maybe if we just opened it up and we said, hey, how are you today? The whole thing changes, you know, and that's, we don't use the term sales, but it is, right? It's just communicating and and building that environment that you want to be in and that others want to be in as well. And next thing you know, you're being looked at, okay? You don't have to stand out by, you know, running up and down the aisles, but just by communicating and being open to other people's suggestions and ideas helps you stand out for those positions as a leader. That's so awesome. And let me ask you another question. I don't want to pepper you with questions, but <laughs> are there exercises that the normal person can do to build their abilities, the abilities, to build their abilities and their confidence? Because again, I know that when I was back in college, I used to sell with this one guy and we'd challenge each other. We'd say, the next person who walks in the door, you're going to get to do boom. And we literally have like a 75-year-old woman changing a stick of RAM in a computer. And we'd have these challenges and we'd, it would help them. It's not humiliating them. Right. We were learning to encourage them through sales so they do something they didn't think was possible and they'd be happy, we'd be happy, everybody'd be happy. But we actually did that to help train each other as iron sharpeneth iron, so the man yeah. accountants of his friend. And like you said, the gut feeling. You have an unction from the Holy One when you're saved and you know all things. So every thing you're saying is lining up with the Bible. How do we take that in the practical exercises? What kind of exercises can we do that if we're out on the subway or traveling to work or we're at the office, what are the things we can do to practice? Like you said earlier, I forget how you phrased it, but you get good at what you do. You know, you right. play how you by practice. Doing it. Yeah. What are some things we can practice to become better salespeople? Well, just just by starting with, again, the posture is real important and then taking it to the next level. Just saying good morning, if it's morning time, to people in general, making that eye contact, doing the things that you haven't done before. It's going to feel uncomfortable in the beginning, right? Because anything new feels uncomfortable. But how do you make it comfortable? You do it more often, right? So if if you want to get better at communicating with people, then you need to do the things that are communication. And that starts with your body language, with your eye contact, and then develop your speaking, right? Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you today? Oh, I see you're, you're reading the New York Times or I see this, right? And striking up those conversations with people and noticing things. And paying attention to your environment. And then also, I go back to journaling. I go back to making notes and, and me mental notes, physical notes, audio or video notes about, I tried this today and this is what it, what happened from it. I'm going to try this tomorrow. Things like that. Being Just really being aware. That is the practical. I wish it was as simple as do, do steps one through five and you'll be an expert at communication. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it really just comes down to the individual because the way you communicate is always going to be a little bit different than the way I communicate, just like in sales, right? You're, 
you're going to convince somebody and, and have them feel safe to make a, a decision and a choice differently than I will. It doesn't make one right over the other. There isn't a cookie cutter type of design to this. It's how do you give the feeling? Again, communication is a feeling. If someone feels safe, then they're going to they're going to give back to you. If they don't feel safe, then they're going to turn and they're going to walk away. And that's really the the result of of that feeling. And you made a great point. You said when you start this, you be super scared, super uncomfortable. Yeah. But no, you disagree if you disagree or agree if you do. To me, it gets really fun. Yeah. Like you can really have fun with this exercises and games. And, you know, I used to have my kids, they don't even know it to this day, but I used to have them do things constantly to force them to be out of their shell right. and not be hung up. And now they're free, like so charismatic. I love watching them. They think I'm an idiot because they're a teenager and I'm an adult, but that'll pass, right? Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, but it's so fun. But like you, I remember being in like places with my friends and we'd like challenge each other, like go find out that person's story. And right. literally we just randomly walk up and talk to people and start conversation. You meet great people. You make yeah. friends. I mean, you can do all sorts of stuff. Like you don't want to endanger yourself, obviously. And you don't want to right. put yourself in a bad conflict situation or, but you can have a lot of fun with this. So I really appreciate you coming on today and talking about all this, Bill. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And, and and just to that point, right, you can alter when you realize going back to the money thing and the sales thing and everything else. Right. And I was focused on the dollar, right? The dollar, the dollar, the dollar. And when I realized that I, I needed to focus on the people, on the person, that's when the dollar quadrupled. OK. And when you realize that when we focus on each other as people, you can literally change someone's whole day, their whole outlook, their whole position. You don't know their story to that minute walking down the street and you're crossing paths, you know, and just looking eye contact, good morning, hello. They could have went from being depressed and down to saying a positive outlook on life right then. And, you know, we have that power as individuals. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, Bill, I thank you so much for being here today, and I do not want to cut you short. Is there anything else in the past? So we've got through all where you've been, and then we're kind of where you're at today. But before we go into where you're going and how we can help you, is there anything we miss or anything we didn't cover that you didn't want to talk or leave with the audience as a thought? No, I, I think we, I think we've been very thorough in in just the concept of really understanding yourself and and that's where it starts right that internal communication awesome now talk to us about today where's bill and where are you going by where are you going you know just you know working working towards you know getting the message out there helping people become aware of a lot of us don't even know that we we don't understand what communication is we don't you know you look at the current state of our world we have people that feel passionate about one thing and people on the other side of the fence feeling passionate about the opposite of that, right? But if, if they were able to sit down and have a, a conversation and be able to communicate, show empathy and, and listen and all the different pillars of communication, applying them, we would have solutions, right? We would have understanding. And I, I really feel that at its core, at, at its foundation, that this is what needs to change in our world. You brought up a great point that we, we spend so much time educating our youth, and we were all youth at one point, on subjects that, 
you know, if you don't go into science, does science matter? And so on and so forth, right? They do matter, but so do practical everyday things and how we communicate with each other is important, especially in the world now where if I don't like what you said on Facebook, I just unfriend you. Instead of me picking up the phone or having a conversation with you and saying, hey, you just posted something and I, I just don't understand where you were coming from. Can we talk about it? And knowing how to do that is so important. And so really that's where I'm at now is trying to get that message out there and working with people to to formulate and, and build better skills in communicating. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I think the people who actually reach out and ask you those questions, those are your real friends, man. Those are the people you need tight because Friends of people tell you you want what you want to hear. Real friends will tell you what you need to hear and the ones that keep yeah. us accountable. So that's a great point. If you're just defriending people on Facebook, man, you need to do a self-check. And if you defriend me, you really need to check. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry about that. So no anyway, so now if someone's listening today and wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? Just right, right on the website, professionalsuccesssouth.com. You know, I get a free consultation. We'll sit down, we'll talk. It doesn't even have to be about business. It could be anything that you, you have a question, you want to, you know, find something out, just go on there, reach out to me and, and we'll get it going. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you need anything, like I said, reach out to Bill, reach out to myself. If you have any questions, we'll put an address where you can connect with Bill and ask him directly. And other than that, man, you're a remarkable dude. I'm glad we became friends. If you're ever in Pensacola, let me know. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love Pensacola. Yeah, that's a great place, man. But you're in San Diego, so it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I I understand. (laughs) All right, Bill. Well, thank you for a great episode. You truly are a remarkable man. It's been an honor having you today. And to our listeners, we thank you for being here today. We want to give another shout out again to our sponsors. We got BTK Innovations at BodyTemperatureKiosk.com. Not only do they have an amazing product that's helping America, but they have a product that you can get a couple hundred bucks off of with our RPP promotion. So when you go to BodyTemperatureKiosk.com, put in promo code BTKCARESDP, and that'll get you $200 off at checkout per kiosk also podcasting made easy that's our company obviously but we want you not just to enjoy podcasts but learn your passion sell your passion whatever you want to do share your passions the main thing but if you go to podcasting made easy at davidpasqualone.com use promo code at checkout rpp123 and you're going to get the 395 podcasting class with lifetime access to our growing library for $8. Really, we're giving it free. We just want to put skin in the game. So for $1 a week, you can learn to podcast and share your story with the world. So that's it. Now, at this time, the promised mention, intern Casey is with us, and he literally spent, oh, seven to 10 hours working on this podcast so you could enjoy it. Intern Casey. You listened to Bill's story, you heard his great leadership, confidence advice, talks about the different things that you need to do to be successful in life and business. And after listening to this episode, what do you think? What's something that stuck out to you? You don't have to go into a big dialogue, but what's one thing that stuck out to you, Casey? 
definitely communication because especially in uh, today's schools, you know, I go to high school right now and everything, and that's the number one problem, communication between kids, especially in things like math class where there's always the one smart kid who knows everything and the rest of the class just is kind of there and they ask a dumb question and then, you know, the rest of the class is like, wow, thank you for asking that. And he really brought it to light to me that we need more communication in schools today, you know, because that's the number one thing and not just all this useless stuff that they teach us. Like I can go on and on and on for all the useless stuff, but there's only one class I really loved at my school. And we're the only one here in a scammy Caliphant school that has it. It's a leadership class. And it's basically an entire class where you learn how to communicate. And that was the best time I had in high school so far. That's all. That's awesome, Casey. So you guys can see, you just heard Bill, you know, in your own life, you know, from just experiences that leadership matters. We need to be good leaders and the way you are a great leaders to follow Christ and then you're you're seeing in your school system, Casey, as a teen, he's watching the leadership class and seeing how important that is. And out of every class, that's his favorite. So listen, thank you for listening today. And like our slogan says, don't just listen to this, but do it, repeat it, and go have a great life. And Bill, thanks again. Have a great day, brother. Thank you, Dave. Ciao. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. Remarkable People Podcast. Listen, do, repeat for life.